Hello, my lovelies, and welcome to another Thursday and another episode here with me, Miss Bradley, and this is Cerberus. Um, I wanted to wish everyone a happy full moon. Um, I know that it is, oh gosh, I'm a horrible, horrible pagan because I don't know exactly which day it is, but um, it's it's coming up. It's like today, tomorrow, the next day. I've still been out of it. I'm still ill. Um, this is the third week of being down and out for the count. Um, and I took another test today and because it's me, <laughs> it's positive again. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I get tired easily, but I mean, I've coughed a few times today and you can tell that there's a little bit in there, but huh, it's discouraging that three weeks in, I still have it. So um, not, you know, like I've said before, not to be political, I'm not a political person, but I do recommend getting the vaccine um, just because it does help with the symptoms because as bad as it was for me, it could have been much worse. And, um, while yes i've been sick for quite some time it could be much much worse especially since i um having pcos like i have and having had pneumonia i am kind of in the immune compromised category so the fact that i feel very good even though i um, am still technically sick means that something's going well for me um but on a different note, I lost my sweet Charlie boy this week. Um, Monday night, he, uh, he just, he went on Monday night and I had an amazing 16 years with him. He was the best cat that I could have ever asked for. Um, he's a little tuxedo kitty. He, uh, had a little mustache on his face. That's where he got his name from. Um, my mom and I, cause uh, I mean, I was 16 at the time, you know, me being young and liking weird movies. I mean, I used to watch Charlie Chapman with my mom. So that's where we got it from, Charlie Chaplin, the old movies. Because when my little Charlie boy would uh, scrunch up his nose if he was in a mood or if he smelled something funny, his little mustache would move and it looked like his. And um, his name was Charles Xavier Bradley. Of course, you know where Charles Xavier comes from. I'm a big old geek, um, nerd, what have you, whatever you want to call me. I really do fall into all of those, but, um, no, he, uh, he had a good 16 years. Um, my baby was diabetic. He had arthritis. He had dementia. Didn't know cats could get dementia, but they can. Um, you can tell by the degeneration of the brain. In scans and things of that nature um, he was losing his sight losing his hearing and that's all when he was still healthy 
Um, he also had night terrors sometimes. So I tried to keep a light on at night a lot of the time, like a night light or, you know, I burn my, I get those tall um, candles, the tall ones in the glass jar, um, not with anyone on them, but they're the same type as those that have like saints and such on them, but mine don't have anything on them. I get them in different colors, Dollar Tree, thank you very much. Um, and so when I do a spell with a candle, I typically don't burn it. I don't, um, blow it out. I'll let it burn until it's done because for me that makes it stronger. Um, not necessarily for every practitioner and not necessarily for every working, but for me, I prefer to let it burn out on its own. Um, though I do, of course, if, uh, if I need to burn it out, like say I need to leave the house, um, I, of course, say my intentions and then burn it out. And when I relight it, I say them again. Mm. And um, I uh, leave candles burning overnight, you know? So, because it's in a safe spot. I know it's not a safe thing to do. Don't do that, people. But I put it in a safe spot. My altar is removed from everything. There's no way it could get knocked over. So, it illuminates the majority of my apartment and Charlie could see through that. So, he, um, about a month and a half ago, I looked at him and I realized that he had lost a lot of weight because I'd had friends over and they hadn't seen him much and they made a comment about how he was so small. And I picked up and I realized I could feel all of his bones and it just got worse quickly and over the last few weeks that I've been home with him and I got to see him every minute of every day, he just went downhill very, very quickly. And um, he just started walking poorly and he stopped eating properly. I even tried the smelliest fish I could find, like anything that he loved. That cat loved chips. like. He loved Lay's barbecue potato chips more than anything in life, the original ones, and he wouldn't even do anything for potato chips, like the cat wouldn't even eat them, you know? Um, he loved salty things, he loved popcorn, couldn't get him to eat. So on Monday, um, I had a socially distanced kind of picnic with my friends. Um, they came over and I had a window open and they sat outside on the porch on the other side of a table with plants on it and I sat inside on the other side of another table. So more than six feet difference. And these are two of Charlie's favorite people and he didn't make a move. He didn't move once. He just laid there and so I knew it was coming. I had made the decision that Tuesday I was going to take him and have him put to sleep because it was time. He was miserable and he just didn't make it that far. He, um, that night after they left, about an hour after they left, he passed. Um, so I'll be getting his ashes back possibly tomorrow, possibly next week. I don't know yet. We'll see. But... In dealing with grief, 
because I've lost other people as well, um, most notably my father. Um, it's been since 2010 for him. So Christmas this year will be 11 years that he's been gone. Um, and so there's a picture out there. Grief is... <laughs> I just got a text. Oh, I need to turn my ringer off. Um, but grief is, to me, like a giant ball in a box. And in that box is a button. And the ball is just bouncing around. And every time it hits the button, it hurts. And you think about it. And as you move forward, as you face what you're feeling and you move through it to where you're going, the ball gets smaller and it hits the button less often. And so you're not sad as often as time goes on. But it's still there, and it will always be there. I still, it's been 11, almost 11 years for my father, and I still, to this day, will just get really, really sad and just cry and have a cry. But being me and um, the beliefs that I have and the... You might think I'm crazy, but I've seen spirits. Occasionally I'll see my dad and it'll be nice. Or sometimes I'll just crave something that we would eat together, like orange slices. Not, not the actual fruit, the candy, the really gummy candy that gets stuck in your teeth, like that. Um, although we ate fruit together a lot too. He loved fruit. Or tuna salad, but not how I make my tuna salad. My tuna salad is basically, I have to use albacore because I'm bougie like that. Um, mayonnaise, a whole bunch of Old Bay, tomato, onion, done. His was practically a kitchen sink kind of meal. Um, he didn't care what kind of tuna, but for him it was tuna tomatoes, onions, relish, uh, mayonnaise, sometimes mustard, depending on his mood, almost an entire head of lettuce. It made a giant bowl and he would just sit there and eat it. <laughs> and like we'd watch a movie and he'd just be sitting there chowing down on his tuna salad. Um, but things like that, like I'll crave his tuna salad, which I honestly am not overly fond of. Um, but so things like that will happen and right now I'm learning to deal with the loss of basically my child I was told at a young age well young-ish age that I probably would never have children um, I've recently learned that it's it's possible it's just difficult um, but Charlie has been with me since I was 16 years old and 
He always knew when I was upset. If I was crying, he was there. If I was sad, he was there. If I was in pain, he was there. And having PCOS, which for those that don't know, that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it essentially means that I'm in pain all the time. Um, and being female and having a particular, you know, time of month, it becomes excruciatingly painful to the point that sometimes I wasn't able to walk because of the pain. And Charlie was there. He would just lay on top of me right over where it would hurt and he would purr. And one of the things about cats is that the frequency in which they purr actually stimulates healing. It helps to heal them. It helps to heal you. And so that's one of the reasons why people say that owning a cat actually extends your life. Because when they purr, they're literally harmonizing your body to be healthier. And so Charlie, he was the most lovingest kitty ever on the planet. He was such a sweet boy. He loved everyone. Absolutely everyone. He never met a person he didn't like. And if you didn't like cats, you better believe Charlie was your best friend. Heaven forbid you be allergic to cats because, oh no, he's going to be your best buddy. He's going to climb in your lap, he's going to purr, and he's going to win you over. And you're going to sneeze. <laughs> but he was just the sweetest cat. And he just knew. He, he knew. He knew it was time for him to go. I told him on Monday, I told him, you know, if it's time, it's okay. And so he went and he had, he had waited for me. I could tell because he had been deteriorating so quickly that I could tell that he was waiting until I was well enough myself in order to handle him passing and him leaving. And I was, I was well enough. I mean, I was dizzy. I've been having to use a cane to walk around because I've got a really bad case of vertigo. But uh, he waited until I was well enough to be able to take care of it. And I will always be grateful for that. Um, I keep seeing him everywhere though. I see him out of the corner of my eye I see him in a stairwell. I see him in the pile of clothes that I just didn't make into the hamper. I just, I see him everywhere. And that ball hits the button. And I will be fine for a few minutes and then something will happen and the ball hits the button. I'm trying to move through it and move forward. Instead of focusing on the pain of loss, I'm trying to focus on the positive things. Um, one positive thing about not having a cat in the home is that things will be cleaner for longer. Not that I really care about that because I've had cats my whole life. Uh, less hair. Um, a positive thing is I can now clean the area where he used to 
He used to scratch on the wall next to his cat pan and it would get disgusting and I would clean it and the next day it would be dirty again. Well, it'll stay clean now. And uh, I won't have to worry about Armand eating the cat food. And those are positive things. But now, with me starting to feel better from being ill, um, I'm just gonna clean the entire house, top to bottom, back to front, and just clean everything and lighten the energy in the home and just do everything I can to move forward and to remember him in the most positive way possible because he was a good boy and my lady bossed goddess of cats she took him with her and he's playing with other cats rolling in fields of catnip that cat loved catnip the only time this lovable pushover of a cat and you could literally walk up to him and push him over he would just flop over and ask for belly rubs. The only time that cat was aggressive is when he had catnip because it all needed to be his so he could waller in it. Like he needed catnip. Heaven forbid you try to take it away from him. <laughs> the only time that cat ever swiped at anyone or anything. <sighs> but grief is something that stays with you. That button is always there. And it's just how you move forward that matters. And your loved ones, whether they be human, feline, canine, fish, what have you, birds, reptile, what have you, they wouldn't want you to grieve forever. They wouldn't want you to neglect yourself because they love you. Because the thing with animals is you might only have them for a short time, but to them, you are everything. You're their whole life. And it's up to us to give them a good life. And I did my best for Charlie. Um, I'm surprised he lived as long as he did, honestly. Um, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, I really didn't think he was going to last much longer after that. Um, it was difficult learning how to give him his insulin and how to, um, you know, distract him. And he hated, he hated the shots. Up to the end, he hated the shots. But, you know, you, you do what you have to do um, for those that you love. And... You can't change that death is part of life. Every single day that you wake up is a gift. And every single day is a day closer to the day we die. It's a fact of life. We all are born, we live, we die. And so it's what you do with that life that matters. It's who you give love to that matters. And I try to give love to people 
as much as possible because life is better if lived with love than if lived in any other way. Hatred takes so much energy. Anger, so much energy. Sadness, yes, I literally have depression. I do not create enough serotonin in my brain to be my normal happy self all the time. But it takes so much energy to be sad, to just not be happy or to not be content. Contentment is a good place to be as well. You know, I am usually a very upbeat person. I always have been. Um, stop and smell the flowers. Uh, that's a pretty butterfly. Look at this, look at that. Something shiny, ooh. That's just who I am. It's who I've always been ever since I was a child. That innocence and that looky, I shouldn't say innocence because I'm, <laughs> nothing of the kind, but the love of new and exciting things has always been a facet of my personality, and I will never let that go. I, I won't. It doesn't matter who wants me to. It doesn't matter who it annoys. It doesn't matter who dislikes it. It's who I am. And part of that is giving love to anyone that crosses my path. Whether it's giving a compliment to someone that you see on the street, they're wearing a really cute shirt. I like that shirt. They have great hair. Right now my hair is pink, purple, and blue, and I have people stop me anytime if I'm out in public. I like your hair. It makes me happy. Giving compliments to people is just something that makes people happy and that's a way to spread love. And in my, my sadness, I'm trying to remember to be positive, to think of positive things, to think of the future and how I will heal from my pain and not stay in my pain. And that's all I can really do. And that's, you know, that's all any of us can do. But um, I hope everyone has a wonderful full moon. Um, just remember to be careful with these energies out here. Charge your crystals, collect um, rainwater if it's raining where you are and let it sit out and make moon water out of it. It's the most potent moon water you will ever make if you collect rainwater and then leave it out and make it into moon water it's it's potent i'm going to be doing that myself um cleanse your things put out your your tools for your altar refresh your altar it's a it's a full moon it's it's time for re-energizing everything in our lives it's time for you know, new energy and putting that energy to good use. It is a perfect time to look at yourself and see what you're doing 
and make changes and go towards your goals, it's absolutely a great time for that. So make sure that you use that energy well and that you um, put out your things for cleansing and for charging. Um, but that's about all I have for today. Um, tell people that you love them. Tell your loved ones that you love them. Hug your pets. Tell them that you love them. Tell your plants that you love them. It's literally been proven. There was a study done that plants respond well to love. Every living thing responds to love. And so I challenge you all this week, between now and Thursday, to go out and love people, love animals, love everything. Just spread joy and love through this world because that is the best thing that you can possibly do. So thank you so much for listening. It has been a pleasure. Just know that uh, you are loved more than all the stars in the sky. And I'll be with you next week.